G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might have your own question or comment or critique. You might have your own story to tell. When we talk about joy today, and you might think, oh, that sounds like a lightweight topic. Don't bet it is. Uh, We're going to take things a little deeper. We're going to jump into the deep end and talk about what is uh, described as defiant joy, an opportunity to unpack the amazing elements of our Christian life, and this being one of them that will change your outlook on everything. We all face hardships, but the Christian has some extra instruments in the toolbox. These are instruments that help sustain us through seasons of heartache, injustice, and all manner of sorrow. Well, our special guest today has seen her own share of hard times, heartache and sorrow, and she discovered what she calls a joy that is defiant in the face of this broken world. Wendy Burns has discovered a bold and even rebellious joy in the face of difficult circumstances. We're digging a little deeper today into the issues of the heart, looking at how our own hearts might echo the heartbeat of our joyous God. Wendy Burns, the author of Remarkable You, worked through her own heartache and valleys to discover defiant joy. Wendy is a consultant and coach an executive director of the John Maxwell team, having joined the John Maxwell University. Wendy is joining us from Darwin in the Northern Territory. Wendy, a special welcome back to 2020. Oh, well, thank you, Neil. It's so good to be back with you again for another year and uh, again from Darwin in the very hot, humid Darwin today. Uh, Yes, well, you're hot and humid uh, on the East Coast. Uh, There's lots of rain. There's storms in southeast Queensland. That rain bomb has moved down the New South Wales coast. Sydney's copying it right now. Uh, It'll move further south to the Illawarra and the south coast of New South Wales. So, yes, people going through hard times even as we are talking. Hey, let's come to joy. Lots of us think we know what joy is. Uh, I wonder whether, you know, I know you've been giving this some deep thought. What do you think joy is? Yeah, thank you, Neil. And it, it is a really interesting topic, isn't it, in, in spite of what we're seeing around us at the moment. And I think for me, as I've dug deep into uh, the concept of what is joy, uh, particularly in my own life uh, and in the life of those that I work with, one of the things that really has hit me is that we think joy is is happiness joy um, joy is happiness that outward expression but joy actually is an inner feeling inside of our hearts and and we we look for people to make us happy and we look for people to give us joy but joy is what we get to choose inside of us despite what we're seeing in the world despite what we're seeing around us and that in itself opens a great a great topic and so much so and that's why I suggested this topic today is that I I do a a regular uh, newsletter to my readers and I've used this as a topic and I, I have never had so many people respond and say I needed to know more about this joy so hence we're talking about this joy that is meant to be ours 
And, and that's what I want to start with. Joy is meant to be ours. So let's just just settle here for a moment uh, to reflect because, as you've pointed out, there's been some confusion over the feelings that we're uh, expected to experience. Uh, you say joy is an inner feeling, uh, but happiness is like an outward expression. So uh, there's a certain sense in which people think that happiness is a destination, and some say, no, happiness is discovered on the journey. And it's not a journey all about me, it's a journey all, all about others. Uh, all sorts of ways that we can uh, can talk about the sorts of good feelings we're supposed to be experiencing, and when they elude us, that's when we get a little bit worried, and that's why we start talking about definitions. But joy, the, the inner feeling... And as you say, joy that's meant to be ours, and sometimes mm. it eludes us. Mm, very, very much so, and you're right. It's um, We pursue happiness, don't we? We chase it down. We've, we've all been, dare I say, guilty of that, looking for that happiness or for someone to make us happy. But the realisation that we get to choose joy every day, a joy that really is defiant in the broken world, and, and as you said in the introduction, that rebellious joy in the face of the circumstances Uh, because joy when we know the Lord is the heartbeat of our God and it took me a long time even as a Christian to realize that that when we read that beautiful scripture in Nehemiah Nehemiah that says the joy of the Lord is our strength I didn't really get that for a long time but that's the strength that we when we accept Jesus into our heart that is in us we just have to choose it and so that in itself that's where joy becomes a choice. Wendy, there must be an opposite to joy. Uh, mm. The word that comes to mind for me, and I'll get your thoughts here, but uh, misery might be an opposite to joy. Uh, are there other contrasts that you can think of? Uh, so far as, you know, if you don't have joy, what have you got? You've got an emptiness, you've got a deflatedness, you've got misery. Any thoughts here? Yeah, you you have a, a it's almost a negative spirit as well, um, and and hopelessness. You know, I lived in that hopelessness state because that's what I'd inherited from my parents that sense of hopelessness. So we live in that hopeless state because everything is negative around us. Everything we see is negative. Everything is bad and horrid, and and we we can't when we're in that space, which is the opposite of joy. We actually can't see even any sense of joy. But worse still, we actually are not even looking for it because we don't know how to look for it. Wendy, every time we talk, I usually lead us into uh, getting you to tell a little bit of your story because for listeners who might be hearing you the first time and uh, others who've forgotten just uh, the tragic circumstances uh, in your upbringing and uh, some of the issues into your adult years, I wonder whether you can just uh, share a few thoughts here. So listeners, when we talk about having a defiant joy, they know where you're coming from. Sure. Um, And it comes with a small ears warning, you know, that there's maybe things here that if there's uh, little people around that that can hear would distress them, and it may even distress some listeners. But it's the truth of my story, and it shows you why I needed to find joy. When I was 13, my, my joy was stolen all in a matter of hours. Um, I was raised in a, in a home of domestic violence and alcohol abuse um, and um, really an inherited of hopelessness. My parents were, were deep alcoholics. 
um, and they had no hope. There was certainly no hope that their life could be any different, any better. When I was 13, uh, my dad made a decision, his decision, uh, to commit suicide in front of me, and he incorporated me in that suicide in the fact that he got me to hand him the gun that, um, that he put in his mouth and killed himself in front of me there in that moment. I'm 13. Um, then that evening, without, you know, of course, a lot happened in those couple of hours, but that evening, my uncle, in his own uh, choices and wisdom and evil state, I'm going to say that, decided to comfort me by sexually assaulting me and raping me. So, 13 year old, and my joy, even though I was raised in this home of domestic violence and, and alcoholism. It was my home and my life, so I didn't know any different or any better. But any sense of joy that I had around that, and as a child, sometimes you're a bit oblivious to what's going on, but it does impact you. In that moment, those couple of hours, my joy was stolen and stayed stolen for many, many years. And there'll be listeners who are hearing our conversation today and they may not have had the sort of story that you're sharing, but they'll recognise there are moments in their lives when things took a downward turn and uh, whatever potential for joy they had uh, was stolen from them. So uh, not a uh, not a, a, an unreal way of discussing what happens when bad things happen to you, joy gets stolen and something in you, something in you dies. Uh, I wonder oh. whether... Yeah, I mean, uh, is that too uh, too significant to uh, you know to touch on? There's you know, so, oh, you know, no. I I died inside that sort of oh, feeling. Absolutely, and I'm actually speaking about this at a conference tomorrow, because I'm talking about the fact that every one of these pieces of trauma doesn't have to be like mine. Anything that causes us pain, it can be work or family or circumstances, creates a wound inside of us, Neil, and it's almost like a wound on our skin, right? that that we band-aid over and it doesn't heal because we haven't processed it, we haven't been able to, to deal with the trauma or the hurt or the pain. Those things start then, and excuse a vivid picture, start to almost seep inside of us and that they almost give us blood poisoning. My, This is how I see it, right? This is my version of it. Uh, and they affect everything, our behaviour, our attitude, who we are. No joy, there's no joy in that because our wounds are unhealed. But the, what we do, Neil, is we wear this incredible invisible masks, and we all know what masks are over this COVID season, but we wear an invisible mask to cover the pain that's inside of us because we want to look like we're okay, but inside we are not okay. And we've lost any sense of hope or joy, and out of that becomes our bitterness, our anger, our negativity, our sense of hopelessness. But we hide it because we don't want people to know how bad we are. Well, there's something significant that happens in the life of a person when they have an encounter with Jesus. And uh, we might talk about this too, Wendy, in your own story, but uh, this is a major turning point when someone has an encounter with Jesus when, as we, when, as the the Bible describes, you know, uh, the life of God, Jesus comes to live within, displacing some of those things where that misery is our lot. 
I mentioned in the introduction uh, the thought that there are some new tools in the toolbox of the Christian. Mm. Sometimes on this program we talk about the sort of superpowers that Christians have and it starts in that moment when we connect and have that encounter with Jesus. But I wonder whether we talk about the, the tools in the toolbox of the Christian. So you've had your joy stolen, you live a life of misery. I wonder if you've got your own story here as to how things began to turn around for you, Wendy. Oh, look, absolutely. Um, And certainly, you know, there's a lot more in my book of how I got to that stage when I was 34. Um, 34, here I am, you know, something else had happened to compound those wounds. I'd been on a a process of healing, but I was, I accepted Jesus, right? I'd made a choice to accept Jesus, but I was still self-reliant. I wasn't relying on this Lord that I was meant to know, this Jesus I was meant to have a relationship with. And one day I'm sitting on my lounge room floor uh, after the the latest um, wound that happened to me um, in the form of an investigation. Um, And you'll have to read my book because we haven't got time to go into it all. But, but, But what happened in that moment, I was kneeling down and I was contemplating my suicide. And it was in that moment that I had this light bulb moment, this aha moment, but I know it was a Holy Spirit moment that reminded me I had a choice to choose Jesus. So I realized in that moment that I actually could make a choice, that I didn't have to choose what the world was telling me I needed to have, that I needed to have a label, that I needed to have the worth of the world. But Jesus wanted me to have his tools that were in the Bible. And I sat there on my lounge room floor that day and I made a choice to reach out to the Lord fully, not not self-reliant, saying I'm a Christian, but actually not relying on the Lord, but actually relying on the Lord to take me the next step. And in that choosing, I made that choice in that moment that to think about, well, I didn't make those other choices. My parents did and all the things that had happened to me up to that point. Other people had made those choices, but right then and there, it was up to me to make a choice. And really it was. I spent that time getting to know what this Word of God was all about, not just saying I was a Christian and going to church and, you know, worshipping and walking home and doing my own thing, but actually finding out what a true relationship was with the Lord. And that's when I started to realise this is all about the choice we get to make. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Your own thoughts, a question, a comment. Uh, You might have your own story to tell. Wendy Burns, our guest, the author of Remarkable You. We are talking about defiant joy. Wendy, why don't we take a call? Uh, Sterling is in Ararat. Hello, Sterling. Welcome along. Hi, Neil. Good to talk to you again. Hi, Wendy. Uh, Greetings from the... The dry south to the tropic north. Okay. Um, look, my my question is: Do you see some sort of a relationship between joy and hope? I guess what I'm asking is: um, Do you see, you know, hope underpinning joy? Wonderful oh. stuff, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Neil, I'll tell you, I'm all about hope. And I think um, Romans 12.12 tells us that, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. So don't give up on a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. So so hope, we need that hope 
in us as well. So joy, I think hope is an outworking of joy or joy is an outworking of hope, whatever way you want to look at it, Sterling. But yes, we do need to find some hope as well. But hope is an action. Hope is just not a phrase. It's an action. So we need to take an action with that hope. How does that sound? Sterling, is that helpful? Yes. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for your time. Bye now. Thank you, Sterling in Ararat. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Just before we move on from that, of course, hope is so substantial. And, you know, we can talk about another uh, dimension when we talk about joy. But a lot of these dimensions we talk in our Christian walk, they, they sort of overlap. Uh, they contribute to the strength of, of one and another. Uh, I mean, sometimes I talk about hope and say, you know, if we have hope, uh, in our future, it's power in our present. Uh, so mm. there's some some powerful things that happen with hope, and you might have hope to sustain you through hard times. But joy is an attitude, isn't it? In in the way we move into that sustaining of our hard times. Uh, there's this choice style thing. Let's uh, let's move into choice. Joy is a choice that we all make. Yeah, and I, I love that, Neil, and just how you've described it is, you know, we have that hope for the future, but our joy is an attitude in that. And we touched on it earlier, or maybe we didn't, I was thinking about it, is that, you know, we have to, one of the things that I realized was that my emotions played a big part in my hope and my joy. Uh, because uh, when I find when we get caught up in the emotions of something, our emotions may be real, but they don't necessarily tell us the truth of what's happening around us. So making a choice in the midst of an emotional wave, and I describe it often, and I think you might have heard me say that this before, that our emotions are like a wave that come at us. So you're on the beach, you've got all these waves rolling at you. They're the emotional waves. You get to decide which one of those you will surf because our emotions can come at us and take us out. And they can also rob us of any joy or certainly of any hope. So finding, uh, finding out what part of that emotion is real. So coming back to the facts and finding out what, it, what is real in this, you know. Um, and for me, Proverbs 3, it is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. So for me, I'll come back and think, well, what's truth in this? What's truth? And I think that's important in our choices. Let's come back to Scripture on these things, Wendy, because as Christians we say we have a biblical foundation to our faith and God has revealed himself through the Bible and uh, we look for those hints as to how we might deal with the circumstances and even the brokenness of our own lives, the brokenness of our own families. Uh, So we come back to the Scripture. I wonder whether you've got any reflection on where we would look in the Scripture for some foundation that says we are able to access and choose this hope uh, and uh, align ourselves with the heartbeat of God because of what the Bible says. Oh, absolutely. And and one of my favourites and one that I go back to so many times, and I'm a a real lover of the Passion Translation, and that's in Galatians uh, 5, 23, uh, about the fruit of the, you know, by the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. That's that, that wonderful scripture that says that the Holy Spirit within you is divine, love in all of its varied expressions, joy overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of the heart and strength of the spirit. And it goes on to say, never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. And I think it is about what speaks to me every time I go back to that scripture is 
these are meant to be limitless but so often uh, we limit what God can do through us in, in his word by getting his word into our heart and looking at how is that how am I living that out is that what I'm feeling what does that look like for me uh, and I think that that's important finding the scriptures on joy that speak to you or on hope or the word that God is giving you is really important to hold on to particularly when life is coming at us fast and there's a lot happening as around us I think that's really important there what are your thoughts well I love uh, that bit of a, a way that uh, in the passion trans- translation you've got that joy that overflows and it says to me two things it says that we can be filled with joy uh, to the point of overflowing we say well then the second thing what happens with the overflow and the way that it may well affect those around us and I'm thinking primarily in our families Uh, it could be joy that overflows uh, on the radio even as we're talking about it now but overflowing joy there's there's a wonderful imagery in that Oh, absolutely, and it and it fills the environment around us. You know, you know, you know, you know yourself when you're down or you're feeling negative or or depressed. It affects everybody around us, right? You know, it comes out of our skin like garlic. But joy is the same; it overflows into the environment. And some people, you know, we call it the X factor, but it's the J factor, right? It's the Jesus factor that's in us. We can change environments when we walk into a space because we have this joy of the Lord within us that overflows, and and it does. And I was reading in Romans about the cascading grace of the Lord and the love of the Lord, and I can't quote the scripture because I can't remember it, but but how it cascades, and joy is the same. And, And if you think of a waterfall cascading down, what if we've got this joy that's cascading down and this hope and grace that's cascading down around us? Imagine what that will do to the people we come in contact in, in our sphere of influence, in our workplaces, in our homes. I know you like to focus on that Romans chapter 12, verse 12. You mentioned it. Uh, Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Uh, don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. I mean, these are these are life wisdom lessons. Sometimes we think of the way the scripture reflects these things and think that's a lovely turn of phrase, must be there to entertain us. But no, there's so much depth to this way that joy uh, released uh, even as we uh, understand that hope. I mean, there's that connection between hope and joy once again, but Romans chapter 12 and verse 12, uh, there's plenty of scriptures that we can make reference to around joy. Yes, absolutely. But even if, if we just even just focused on that one, Romans 12, 12, it's a call to action. And you know that I'm all about a call to action, Neil. This is a call to action. God is is giving us through his word and he's telling us to let hope burst forth within us. And that will, he's telling us the action of that will release that continual joy and don't give up, but talk to God at all times. So, So then we come back to, are we in that space? Are we spending time with God? Are we having some quiet time? That's where we start to put some of these actions into place. And we can then live in that space. Not, you know, I think I said to you in in my notes that, you know, it's not running down the street with a megaphone screaming out, I love Jesus and I'm full of joy. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about to that continual overflow of joy that we don't even have to say anything. 
It's just people can see it within us sometimes without even opening our mouths because people feel our, our heart and our attitude and our actions before we say a word. This is what this call to action is, I believe, in Romans 12, 12. So it starts with a choice and a mm-hmm. call to action to be joyous, uh, reflecting the heartbeat of God and the joy that he describes. But you say, Wendy, that, uh, that we actually often quit choosing joy. I mean, the, the circumstances look so bad and so broken around us that, uh, that we give up. And uh, it's very easy to give up, but, uh, but we often don't choose joy. We choose alternatives. Oh, absolutely. We choose things to comfort us. You know, I was drinking heavily like my parents uh, when I realized this was not a good choice for me. We choose things that we think will bring us joy. They're just quick, short, sharp things that will soothe the ache within our heart. But making that choice that, okay, I'm going to make a decision to look for joy today, and that is finding joy in the small things, you know, can be the simple things. Wendy, when we discuss defiant joy, uh, there's a rebellious element in all of that. And you're saying that we need to be a little bit uh, rebellious because sometimes the misery that might be the opposite to the joy uh, wants to keep robbing us of the things that God has set before us. Any thoughts here on that defiance and that rebellion? Yeah, I, I love that that word defiant, and not in not in a bad way, but in a good way, um, because the world is coming at us so fast with so much happening, and it is that, you know, it can it can look like you know almost uh, us being crazy thinking that we should be looking for joy in amongst all of this, but it's not true. This is about that rebelliousness, saying, well, who do I know? Who who am I? Who do I know that I am in amongst this? And that's when we can stand up and say, hey, I get to choose the joy that I'm going to have today. And that's, I think, that rebelliousness, not a bad rebellious spirit. We've heard about that. But this is about in the face of what's happening. Yeah, that's true. This is this is the truth of what's there. But how do I find some joy in in amongst it so I can make a difference to those around me? And I think that's that rebellious. And it is bold. Our joy needs to be this bold joy. And I don't mean, like I said before, the break, running down the street yelling out, hey, I'm full of bold joy. It's about, okay, I'm going to be sure that I'm aware of my joy and be bold about that in who I am, knowing who I am. I wonder if you've got some thoughts around dealing with the circumstances around us, uh, opening our eyes. Uh, You've got some thoughts, and uh, I know you've loved a quote from C.S. Lewis, uh, who wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. Uh, What are your thoughts about evaluating what's around us so you can actually then uh, let this joy overflow? Oh, and I love that quote. Um, C.S. Lewis says, and I am quoting him, right? He says, shut your mouth, open your eyes and your ears, take in what is there and give no thought to what might have been there or what or what is someone or let me rephrase that take in what is there and give no thought to what might have been there or what is somewhere else so what he's saying and i've broken it down enjoy the moments in the midst of the uncertainty even if it's it seems uh, crazy or uh, the perspective of smallness and cultivate some surprised wonder in the truth that grows around us, the gratitude that yields joy. So he's saying, be quiet for a moment and just look. Stop for a moment and look with your eyes, listen with your ears, 
and find something that you can see and have joy about. For me, and I, you know, I've shared with Neil before. Outside my window, honestly, God has blessed me with these little. I've got these little bird feeders, and I feed the finches every day. These beautiful little finches, and they bring me the most incredible joy. And so, it's finding in the midst of the world that will try to steal our joy something that will bring you some joy. Maybe it's the smile of a child, or maybe it's the sun on your face, or or whatever it is, and, and being grateful for that because actually gratitude feeds our joy. There'll be listeners who are going through those difficulties today, but there are those who are trapped by the difficulties of yesteryear. Yes. And, uh, and yes. This, is, this is the challenging thing for us. Uh, don't close your eyes. And you were reflecting on C.S. Lewis. Uh, you know, shut your mouth, open your eyes and ears and take in, uh, mm. giving no thought uh, for those things that are impacting you now or that were impacting you mm. somewhere else. Uh, there's a certain sense in which you've got to be able to evaluate those things that have robbed your joy and take a different angle. Yes, and that's. I, I, remember I spoke a little while ago on the call about the facts of it. Let's look at the facts of it because when we get to that stage where it's the past that is causing us that pain still, we, we tend to live in that space of, of regret you know, maybe I could have done something different or if this happened or that happened. And it keeps us trapped back there in the past and, and certainly steals our joy. But what if, what if we can leave that past behind as hard as it's been, uh, heal those wounds, take the time to move through. And, you know, for me, back again, forgiving, forgiving ourselves, forgiving those people that have hurt us so that we can move forward and find the joy that God wants us to have. And, and you're right, in this season... Choosing joy can often feel like an insurmountable challenge. But you know what? As followers of Jesus, we get the keys to making the choices every day to find some joy, especially in these difficult times, Neil. You mentioned a little earlier, sometimes forgiveness is a factor. And uh, when we Mm. talk about forgiving, we actually talk about releasing some of those hurts from the past, uh, there's a certain sense in which there are robbers that take the joy away from us. I imagine maintaining unforgiveness might be one of those. Oh, absolutely. And that was a, the big thing for me that day that I sat on my lounge floor contemplating my suicide. I, I, seriously, that was it. Um, you know, was what choice am I going to make here? And my, I made that choice to follow, seriously follow Jesus that day, right? That was the choice I made. But out of that, as I sat there, I had to go back and think about why are these wounds still affecting me? I had not done the forgiveness. I had not forgiven my dad. I had not forgiven my uncle. I'd not forgiven my auntie for blaming me for my uncle raping me. I'd not forgiven my mum who went on and committed suicide. It started with me forgiving them, but I also forgave myself. And that was really, really important. And out of that, I was able to move forward. So it is, I said earlier, uh, joy and hope, they're actions, they're choices we make. But for me, it started with forgiveness because we do need to release ourselves from those things. We can't go back and change the past. What's done is done. We can't change the things that are happening around us at the moment. But what we can do is, is focus on what, what, what can we do in this moment? How can we find some joy in our day? How can we impact somebody else with some of our defiant joy? You know, maybe it's a meal for somebody. Maybe it's a phone call to somebody. But that's the start of joy about caring for somebody else as well. Wonderful. Let's take another call. Barry is in Victoria. Hi, Barry. Welcome along. 
There you go, mate. Very well, Barry. What are your thoughts for our conversation? Yeah, I'd just put a challenge out there to everyone, mate. You're going through hard times. If you're fair income and uh, get on your knees and call on the name of the Lord Jesus, um, he will answer you. Um, I had a thing I'll just share quickly. I, many years ago, I was in the lowest point of my life and I uh, had knew a little bit about the Christian, Christian faith and I um, called out to God and uh, the next day, I met a man on the footpath. He told me about Jesus and uh, took me along to a, a church and I was a, a boxer and uh, I thought if they I'm thinking they might have been nutters. I might have, you know, I would have sorted it out if they um, were a bit strange. And I went there and I, I was loved. These people, I listened to them. It was exactly what I needed. And they uh, took me up and they prayed for me. I got baptised. And uh, I still knew there was something missing in my life. And um, I kept praying, and uh, each night I'd be in my room praising the Lord, and uh, and I called out again to God, and uh, He touched me, and the power of God hit me, and I hit the deck. I've never been knocked down in my life at that stage, and I was, and um, I had an amazing transformation. I, I I curled up in a little ball like a baby, and I cried, and then I went from that to laughter, and uh, doesn't matter what happens in this world. You can't take away the fact, I know for a fact, that Jesus Christ is real, the Bible's real, and uh, he anointed my life, and I'm an evangelist now, and uh, I go and spread the word every single day that I can. There's nothing better, and uh, yeah, I just want to share it with people out there and just say, when you're going through hard times, just call on the name of the Lord, and uh, it might uh, be what you think, the way you want to go, but if you go the Lord's way, you know, we get the cloak of Christ, and... Uh, Harry, the, the before uh, before I get a thought or two from Wendy, I'm interested in, you know, you're you know you're a boxer and you know what it's like to get knocked down, and there you are, yeah. knocked down in the presence of the Lord, uh, in all of your grief yeah. and all of your sorrow, and when you come through that, you emerge with laughter. I'm I'm just interested I, in you're remembering that laughter right now. Yeah. I'll bet that laughter yeah. is something you remember in hard times. Is that the way that works? Oh, it, yeah, it um, just, I, I was, um, yeah, I thought I was tough, but it was, I just, I can't, it was like getting hit by lightning. The power of God, I had, I wasn't into the drug scene. I was very fit. I had no drugs, alcohol in my system. I was in a room by myself. I raised my hands up and I said, God, you got something for me. I want it now. And I got it. And I've never been the same. It transformed my life. And I just love talking about Jesus. And every opportunity I spend, the thing is in the Christian walk, the key is prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Every day we fight in battles. The battle belongs to the Lord. We've just got to stand. Stand on the Word of God and quote the Scriptures. And the battle belongs to Him. No matter what goes on, there's always a way out. And I just want to encourage people today that uh, that hear this. If you're going through a hard time in your life, um, just call on the name of Jesus. Barry, that's wonderful, wonderful insight. Uh, Wendy, your thoughts uh, for what Barry is saying? Oh, Barry, I love, I love that story, and um, the the truth of it is what I love. And you know, for me, I'm lounging floor that day. I felt the Lord moving across my life, and once, and but I, like you, I was desperate. I, God, I want you now. I, you know, it's you, or, or I take my life. And and we we genuinely call on the name of the Lord. He does reach out to us. And I love the fact that you get to share that. And you're right, prayer and worship. Worship is key. I love worshipping the Lord. So 
finding and that's where we find our joy Barry what a great story you make sure you share it with many people because it's life changing Barry before I let you go I wonder we're talking about joy the joy of the Lord and uh, oftentimes you know when you're saying you got you came off the floor that night uh, and you Mm. experienced something of a experience of laughter and yeah, uh, sometimes like, we we talk yeah. about an emotional experience, and we think of joy as an emotion. And we're saying we're saying it's a, it's even deeper than that. It's deeper than well, just an emotional yeah. experience. But there is something that overflows, and laughter might be one of the ways it overflows. It overflows, and the, also the scriptures tell us about a peace that passes all understanding, and that goes with the joy. It's uh, it's not a man's peace. It's the it's a spiritual peace, and once you got that. Um, that the joy of the Lord, you've got that peace that passes all understanding, and then you, it's just in walking with God. There is nothing better. You know what I mean? It's uh, it, it's the only way. There is only way. And we get the cloak of Christ. I mean, the decision's got to be made now while we're on this earth. Do we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, or do we go our own way? And if we um, surrender to God, and then when the, God sees us, He sees the cloak of Christ, and uh, you know we, we can go home to be where we're meant to be. So. And Barry, I'll guarantee you've seen a few hard times since that encounter yeah, with Christ. And, and so if we're talking about those things that sustain us through those hard times, uh, it'll be joy in there that has enabled you to see some of those through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joy. That's the key. Just uh, surrender, surrender your life to the Lord and uh, he'll, he'll guide your footsteps. Spend spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer. Wonderful stuff. Okay. Barry, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line remains open on 1-800-316-316. Here we have some more, some more of those overlapping elements of our Christian walk here. Uh, Wendy, uh, the peace that passes mm. all understanding. It goes hand in hand with the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And, you know, we're talking about what happens when you forgive and you're released from the hurts of those past uh, issues. I mean, Barry is a wonderful example of that. Oh, absolutely. And I was just thinking as uh, Barry was finishing speaking that every day he will be making a choice that keeps him in that space. Um, and, and I love that, you know, that um, we've spoken quite a lot today about that. But peace, uh, you know, Psalm 23 in the Passion, it says, verse 4, your authority um, is my strength and peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. And that in itself, that scripture, uh, often for me will just bring me joy because I know the comfort of my, my God's love will take away any fear that I face around me. And so th- th- we can find the words that almost gird us up. You know, we can gird up with the yama, as, as Barry was saying, but we can find the scriptures that speak to our heart and that can gird up around us. But you know what, uh, Neil? It starts with uh, knowing who we are and whose we are. And I think that's really important. Let me ask you, Wendy, uh, when we talk about joy, and we were talking about this a little earlier, it's not necessarily just the emotional experience that we often will confuse with the thought around happiness. But, you know, as a Christian, you have to be able to identify that it actually does feel good to be a Christian, even though you might face criticisms, hardships, 
Uh, there might be those who might even be opponents of you and you might just find yourself in uh, some challenging situation. But it feels good to be a Christian. And uh, the fact that there are more than two billion Christians on the face mm. of the earth, they wouldn't be Christians if there wasn't something of a feel-good factor. When we reflect on that, though, I imagine it's to do with the fact that he is our strong tower, that he mm. is our sanctuary that we do find strength in times when we are feeling weak. This is part of the feel-good factor, isn't it? And we might even group that in being part of the joy of the Lord. Oh, absolutely. That's Everything that you've just shared is so important in this. Is We, we can so, oh, I know I did when I first came to the Lord before that lounge room floor moment, was that everything, you know, I'm a Christian now, so everything has to be serious, but I was still my self-reliant self. When I had that experience on my lounge room floor, I realized that, that I could actually find some joy in the Lord that he would be my joy, he'd be my strong tower, that the righteous can run into him when the world is coming at us and life is coming at us fast. All of those things, we've been given this incredible word and it's a real call to action, isn't it? To to be in that word and finding out, well, what's God saying to me in this? And, and you know, open up your word to me, Lord, so I can find what joy is and how, how does that show up in my life? And I think there's some great questions we could leave some of the listeners with today is, how is joy showing up in your life or or where is it missing you know what what are the joy stealers what's stealing the joy from you um is it you know if you take some time and i'm a big one on journaling neil as you know you know sitting with your journal sitting with the lord what are the things that are, are still wounding me what are the things that is stealing my joy is it people in my inner circle that are stealing my joy you know what's feeding my spirit all of those things, I think, are really, really important to consider as we consider this defiant joy. Defiant joy and rebelliousness. You're allowed Ooh. to be rebellious if you choose to be in rebellious, defiant joy. And the opposite choice has come through in our conversation today, Wendy. You could remain in your sins, in your unforgiveness in the misery and emptiness of your existence and uh, ignoring God. Uh, but you can respond to the good news. The good news, we sometimes in Christian circles, we refer to that good news as the gospel. And it's about another one of those uh, religious words, redemption or being loosed yes. from the chains that bind us. And Wendy, you have reflected so beautifully today that it is so much a choice a choice to choose joy and discovering that joy as the joy of the Lord, reflecting the heartbeat of our God. Uh, let me connect people with uh, Wendy. And uh, Wendy Burns has written a book called Remarkable You. Now, Wendy, I know you're working on a new book as well. I am. I uh, am. <laughs> give us some insight here because uh, listeners might be interested to get a hold of it, especially those who've bought your first one. Yeah, look, it'll be out. I have given myself to the end of March to complete it. So this one, I haven't given it a name yet, but it's based around me remarking our lives. So we can be marked by the world, by circumstances, but what if we remark our lives and uh, we rip off those invisible masks, deal with the wounds and find who we are, who we were created to be. And my book is based around that. And again, it's a lot of call to action 
this is what's happening what do you need to do so it'll be out soon I am working madly on it I'm very excited because I feel like the Holy Spirit is downloading to me as I go on this one and I'm praying for every reader already so uh, maybe we can talk about remarking next time I come on Neil let's make that a uh, a, a date and we'll uh, we'll set a date and a time and we'll have you on to talk about that uh, you're the book the author of the book remarkable you and listeners will know that there are some other dimensions it's not just uh, talking around just getting your life right but uh, you've got some other dimensions too as a consultant and a coach and no yes. doubt people can access you via a zoom seminar or meetings that you set up anywhere in australia you are an executive director on the john maxwell team listeners will recognize that name john maxwell is one of the gurus of leadership and a very strong christian foundation and uh, of course you've been a part of the john maxwell university listeners can connect with you at remarkableu.com.au and uh, then there might be a link there for Wendy Burns Consulting as well. So you can invite Wendy into your uh, world, uh, whether it's corporate or whether it's church or organisational. I'm sure Wendy will be open to opportunities there. Uh, Wendy, wonderful connecting once again. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us all the way from Darwin today. Uh, thank you, Neil, for having me on again and, and for, for your listeners to being prepared to listen to us today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.